2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the day after the day after Christmas. I am Rod Colick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the guy who finds out how the person was killed in the room with all the doors locked. New England's own Van Helsing. With me, all the way across from Pawn, is the dynamic, breathtaking...
1: Stephen Parsons. Good evening. I don't actually feel that dynamic. I think I've overdone the Christmas pud.
2: Mm. You don't have do like
1: you know, a real pud, though. You eat like kinda of a blood pudding. Yeah, apparently goodness. you're very good at puds. I made bread pudding today. There we go. You see now Christmas it's gone, done, over. Thank the Lord. Oh, no, no. when do you get that?
2: No, 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 no. It this wasn't is just in this the beginning.
1: It's no, the no, beginning. No, no. Now, in the Parson's household, we have a new tradition that we started. Ah, with a bunch of scrooges. It's called Boxing Day. Get the tree and the decorations down. Yeah, it's called Scrooge Day. And no, I... it's called it's called make space for all of the kids' toys.
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, don't buy it. so many
1: damn toys. Actually, do you know what? We got a real tree this year. We, we, I, I'm a great fan uh, of traditional Christmases and the traditional tree, not one of these artificial tinsel-covered or fur-covered or multi-colored, whatever, whatever <laughs> trees. But Catherine chose the tree this year, and come Christmas Eve, this thing was piebald. Yeah, well, you know what? You should have given it water. Of well we did all the usual, we kept it in water but it still had, you know, all the needles were on the carpet, it had to go yeah, so anyway anyway it's been a very sad christmas of course uh, in the news and we can't let the passing of some notables go unmentioned particularly as i guarantee you within a week steve huff will be contacting most of them via one of his ridiculous boxes um, mm-hmm. so expect so steve huff from huff paranormal and those crazy you i'm sure you've come across the boxes he has the mystery box the ultimate no, box no i
2: don't I don't go on the magic i'm sorry the crap
1: the crap box um well, this guy, he was the one who um, claimed to have contacted the deceased Michael Jackson within hours of his passing, also had words with Robin Williams shortly after his death. So I'm expecting wise words from this idiot, Steve Hoff from Carrie Frischer within the next few days. Oh, really? Um, so <clears throat> there you go. That's a challenge. Anyway, did you have a good Christmas, you and St. Jan? Oh, All sweet. things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. I think. I yeah. So, any any good gifts that we can that we can share oh. on air? No. Nope. With our listeners, both nope. of them. Nope. nope. Okay. So we're going to go into a dead air moment then, unless I talk about my Lego Christmas, because for fans of the Beatles, uh, Lego run a series that's got nothing to do with ghosts, but you know what? Um, they run a for fans of Lego. Uh, they have the uh, people can write to Lego and say. I, I I want you to make me one of these, and two things that Lego selected in 2015 for ultimate production into Lego kits have come true. Uh, the f- oh, they made a Steve Parsons ghost hunting kit. Uh, no, but there is a Steve Parsons ghost hunter minifigure. Um, but anyway, non- where can you get that? Uh, here. Um, oh. He lives. He lives in the firehouse. The. Oh. Um, but the first one of the two came out, which I'm quite excited about, being a child of that generation. That is the Beatles' Yellow Submarine, um, which most people listening to the show are going to go, What? Never heard of it. What the... F-? Anyway, that's show. the one. We should play that as we as we exit. So that's I'll come sing. out as a... As as a really cool Lego kit, but the one I'm really looking forward to hasn't yet materialised, and that is, and this is one for you, Ron, and that's why, that's why I I um, thought of you and Ooh, I'm a bit No, oh. it's the Saturn V Apollo 11, one metre high rocket. The whole top separates, and inside is the lunar lander, complete with a Ron Kolek doohickey. Oh, that's nice. in Lego. Because you have a doohickey in the lunar module, uh, Yes,
2: it? I, I made. Mean, I worked on the radar system for the
1: lunar You told me it was a little wooden plaque inside. Yeah. A little, little sort of home sweet oh, home wooden. plaque.
2: What made you think it was wooden? Well, was, I've got some... I was a I, scientist, not a
1: woodworker I, then. I'm, I'm sorry, I have... That was in my what, past life. One of my favourite Christmas map um, ornaments uh, that we put up every winter is... Uh, what was that? That was a saucer for my teacup while I oh. Is the um, doohickey uh, winter plaque doohickey made no, by made your, those made by your own fur hands?
2: Yeah, but that was that was a different life. That was the life after the the scientist life.
1: Well, so I've never actually asked. I, I, we actually know. I never actually asked you. What actually did you build inside or put? I worked
2: it, on the the uh, the, um, the radar. You've,
1: you've always said that so, you, there's a bit of your sort of work on the right. lunar lander.
2: Yeah. So tell
1: everybody, tell me, because I don't know. I made chemical
2: compounds that bonded the various uh, components uh, to survive the different temperatures and so forth on the uh, radar, on the lunar excursion module.
1: You were responsible for the 5-5 alarm then, on descent? Yeah, I'm sure. Probably that was it. <laughs> Fell off the wall. <laughs> that was probably it. Yep, that was it. <laughs> the doohickeys dropped off. <laughs> was, I told the... you to
2: duct tape it. They never listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, was... Apollo... you ever see a
1: Paul Thirteen? By the way. Oh God, yeah, it's one of my favorite films. That
2: was good. That was a good. Uh, you know. Yeah, I like that. That was you know because
1: was... I mean it must fill you with a sense of pride because I mean that was one of mankind's greatest achievements and to be any well, part believe, of that
2: don't... people believe that it didn't even happen.
1: Believe what the hell they are, but, <laughs> but you know it, I mean, it stands as uh, as you know growing up nineteen sixty nine I was an eight year old and you know I remember staying up uh, to the wee small hours because it was later over here than it you know um, than it was in america um and they 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 landed and they were supposed to have a sleep but they decided, heck it, we're just going to get out and, you know, go and have a run around because we've been cramped up in this uh, po- uh, module for, for so many days now and being allowed to stay up way, way, way past an eight-year-old's bedtime to watch the historic, fuzzy black-and-white pictures. That was and you were actually part of that. I mean, that must be... I mean, there were a lot of people that were part of that, but, you know, in terms of the greater population of the world, that is a very small percentage of people who were... You contributed to, to that huge project.
2: You, you know, the funny thing about it is that I never, ever thought of that through the years. It's only when I met you that I really realized it and said, oh, yeah, shoot, I did do it, it. That's so cool. <laughs> but I never, you know, I, it was something, a part of my life that I didn't. And, and you know, I've done a lot of unique things and, and interesting things. But, um, you know, I, I've never, like... You know, not certainly bragged about it or anything, but, you know, I, I never even really thought about them again, you know, because I'm always dealing with the future and so forth. And that's the way it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, one of the one of the cool things you know, to leave, we started the program talking about death, is what we leave behind is our legacy. You know, we each, in our own small way, we may not be famous. We may not be movie stars. We may not be great authors. Um because today we're also, you know, there were other deaths. Oh, yeah, for both great authors. <laughs> I, I wouldn't count myself alongside. alongside
2: but you'll, you'll be, you'll be mandatory reading in in, in 2033.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe how not how not to be a ghost hunter? <laughs> God, look, they, I can't believe this is how they did it back then. <laughs> but it. We all do leave a legacy, don't we? We we touch, you know, we we touch on the lives of others that we pass, um, things that we say, gestures, little things that we do for one another. They, and we talk about in terms of the paranormal. We talk about consciousness. We talk about survival of death. And yet, in many ways, you know, we're looking for the physical. We're looking for the ghost. We're looking for the physical body. The. we do survive, don't we? And uh, in terms of the pure physics, the the uh, the electromagnetic radiation that our body gives out, the radio broadcasts that are transmitted, the the, the television output, that is uh, eternal because eternally it goes out through space uh, into the vast vastness of beyond. Even even the uh, the electromagnetic. Uh, waves from our heart never ever
2: the thing is,
1: diminish know, entirely.
2: Is we don't yeah, but we don't really know what we are. I mean, we know what our bodies are, but we don't know what our consciousness and, and nobody course, can absolutely. really say that. You know well, that's, they can't no, you, explain it. Even uh you know, they they just don't understand what happens to us when they do what they do. They really don't understand that they, they know it works but they don't understand what happens
1: it's, no you're absolutely right yeah. we just simply do not understand consciousness parapsychologists and psychologists and scientists and, and philosophers have been uh, endlessly discussing debating theorizing what is consciousness what separates us from you know we're made of Oxygen and hydrogen and carbon and uh, okay. 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 yeah, okay. normal yeah. normal stuff. You know the normal stuff of everything that's around us, and yet somehow we have conglomerated together to form this intelligent being. But what? What, it's uh, intelligence yeah what is the intelligence i mean a slug is intelligent an earthworm is intelligent in its own way it has consciousness we we don't consider them to have the same level of consciousness as us but that might be arrogant because you know you i was at,
2: just going to say that it, we really don't the yeah, problem is we don't understand so it's it's very difficult you know you have if people who have animals dogs cats they will tell you that they're highly intelligent and you know, it, we can't really explain that. Yeah, they don't go out and building cars and stuff. But I mean, cats cats domesticated themselves. I mean, they they no, cats, no, it. No, sorry, cat,
1: sorry, cats domesticated humans.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that pretty much does it. Yeah, but I mean, that's what it was. But uh, you know, it's we, we don't understand truly. This is the the huge huge mystery, which which gives us a big problem when we investigate uh, the paranormal, because this is. The section of what we are that we're dealing with, really.
1: It's, it's entirely what we're dealing with. Uh, people. I mean, look, if
2: if you if you go with the premise that uh, ghosts are the uh, disembodied. Uh,
1: well, I don't think you. I don't think you need to have a premise um, of. Uh, in fact, I think possibly it's better that you don't have any premise when you go into this subject. Um, we've you know we've talked about in. in it, uh, inflicting your beliefs,
2: uh, right? Uh, right, but I mean, it's saying I. I just made a statement, so I just had a preface it, because I was saying, that no, this I, I, was what We were dealing with, and, and some people yeah. say, no, oh, that's not what you're dealing with. So yeah, hell that's with why them. I was making that. Was our, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's why I was them. making that preface. Yeah, preface. it's your statement. To hell with them. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you you own that statement. You keep ownership of that statement. Mm-hmm. You don't have to defend it, right. um, but we are. You know, there's been – mankind has been in an eternal struggle, an eternal quest to try to discover, probe, uh, and understand what lies beyond death and what lies at the roots of consciousness and intelligence. You know, we we readily squish insects and bugs and – Well, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> no you don't because you're no, well i'm afraid you know, the I front I'm, I'm afraid so many things unfortunately well the front of your subaru was covered in stuff that <laughs> just flew they were, sui- just,
0: they were suicidal yeah, they, it wasn't they my was,
1: fault it yeah, was suicidal as opposed to you being homicidal yeah, but <laughs> insecticidal i think probably the better word but
2: yeah, we would probably be better but know, we, we
1: you know I, i'm my, my daughter's a vegetarian um i'm not um and one of the traditions we have in the UK at Christmas time, uh, particularly the day following Christmas on Boxing budgetary?
2: Day,
1: is well, hopefully, uh, is is called the Boxing Day Hunt. Um, it's it's very much a traditional uh, British upper class thing where on Boxing Day the hunt would gather in their pinks. Um, and for 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 Americans. Because uh, the British would know this, um, the hunting, the the red jackets that they wear whilst out hunting are called pinks. The hunting pinks, even though the bright right.
2: red, because they're
1: red, because they're red, and they, you know, because they don't want really to called redcoats because Americans shoot at redcoats. Oh yeah. So they're called pinks. Just to confuse the American revolutionaries. So anyway, um, so that was one of the things that we w- we went to see yesterday. Now. Catherine, my wife, wouldn't come with us because she has very strong views and is very against hunting. Um, but it, it goes back to this idea of we are the superior intelligence and we can go out and and blow. You know, if you're an American dentist, you can shoot lions, of course, or giraffe. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and we and people take a. If you look at the social media, I'm rambling again, but if you look at social media, you will see a huge outpouring of absolute outrage when somebody kills a giraffe. And yet the same people can sit blandly on their hands whilst thousands well, of fellow three-year-old, humans.
2: Well, three-year-old gets shot in a uh, car over a rage roach. And,
1: yeah, or thousands of fellow humans are killed in the Middle East by yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it strikes Somehow me.
2: Somehow, we we think it's 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 much more horrible to kill a giraffe than to kill yeah. children. That's
1: and that's one of the things. One of the reasons why I, I won't be a vegetarian. Um, I can't be because I value human life over every other form of life, and that means that you know I I won't mourn a giraffe in place of hundreds of you know uh, fellow human beings. You know we, we've got the world upside down we 've absolutely i mean I saw it even bizarrely um in America we were obviously you 've had your elections and that's all still raging but people from the left uh the social justice warriors on the left who are peaceniks and advocates of um you know social justice and social inclusion, calling for death yeah. and and laughing at people who Trump supporters, when you know, calling for them to be killed and murdered.
2: Yeah, it's the, because they it's,
1: don't agree with the politics exactly. for crying out loud.
2: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's a crazy world we live in, unfortunately. You it know, if world if, world if world ever world. if ever there was Armageddon coming in days, uh, this could be it because there is so much. Hatred and and uh, you know me first attitudes and disrespect for other human life uh, in this world now and, and and the the funny part is do it is that they do it in the name of justice or the name of uh, whatever their their cause being right mm. and uh, it's so wrong and and they're the ones that used to mock the church because the church of course would, would do the same damn thing and uh, you know it, it's and they're doing it. And they they find to mock the church, but they, but you can't mock them, even though that's exact same thing they're doing. So it's it's a crazy world. So we don't want to go down a social place, do we? No, but it, one
1: of the things that it
2: brings I guess me we in mind,
1: <laughs> what it brings me in mind of is yeah. the end of days prophecies that. Yes, um, yes. Always intriguing. Yeah, I, they come up periodically, and of course, as we both know, unfortunately, so far, unless How you're a fan, you lived through. <laughs> uh, well, a lot. Well, I'm not famous enough. <laughs> it's only famous people that suffer end of days prophecies. Um, no, but,
2: but we have lived through so many we've of them. Li- we've just right? lived
1: through another one. Um, there has been another oh, one. I missed- um, for Damn. December, December twenty third, two thousand and sixteen, there was yet another one, which I think was the fifth of twenty sixteen. Uh, there were five to, uh, end of days prophecies in twenty uh, yeah, sixteen. What What's interesting is on um, there. There are several um, U.S. Uh, based religious organizations who trade on these end of days prophecies and and sell you. Uh, Equipment and bunkers and food to to survive the end of days. (laughs) The brilliant thing about one of them, I was watching one of them a few weeks ago on YouTube, and they were selling a product. This was a long life uh, can of food, Um, guaranteed. uh, it's just made, I can't remember exactly what the pro- food product, yeah, yeah,
2: but, left. but it was a food product
1: that guaranteed uh, you know it would survive. You put it in your uh, underground home bunker, survive the end of days, and it had a product expiry of three months. <laughs> <laughs> well, quick, uh, yeah. because in the small print, you know, because of this legal stuff that they have to put on adverts now, they had to put the product uh, expiry date on it. It was hilarious. <laughs> And the, But the best part about it is you could pay in installments over one year. But oh, there you the, go. But according to their prophecy, the the world would run out 90 days after the program was aired.
2: Oh, what do they care? They'll be gone. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they still gave you a year to pay it off in installments. Yeah, well,
2: you know, just in case. <laughs> they just cut with their bets, that's all. <laughs> But I mean I, I mean, know, there are people that actually have sold all their houses and yeah and all their things because they were sure that the ends were coming and uh gave away their money and everything and hey, sorry this this
1: comes down I mean this this regularly pops oh, up. heaven's gate they get all castrated, which is even. I mean, the reason i see this is because it come it's it's generally considered under the paranormal and under the supernatural heading and mm. so it shows up on the news feeds um, as these sort of psychic makes end of days prophecy psychic makes there were psychics who made nine one nine eleven and prophecies as well um or, but what was interesting about that is the prophecies were only ever claimed to have uh, were only ever claimed to have been made post 911 or post, you know, apocalyptic event.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, at this time of year, here in Britain, we have a um, a book that dates back to the 17th century. It, it's printed every. Day it's no, well, it, it's an almanac. It's printed every year. Called. Oh, Al- is that the Doomsday Book? Uh, no, that's got nothing to do with Doomsday. Oh damn! Uh, the Doomsday Book is actually the Domest Day D O M E S Day Book, which was a. Domes as, as in home, as in domestic. It, it, it was actually done in commission in 10, 1086 by William the First, William the Conqueror, um, so that he knew exactly what he'd conquered. Yeah, uh, the Saxons so it was basically a census. Yeah, the Saxons. It was very detailed, tremendously detailed, and a hugely uh, a huge historical legacy because for the first time, Saxon Britain had been, um, you know, properly catalogued. Um, But the Saxons, of course, (laughs) they referred to uh, the the sort of takeover by um, uh, the Normans as effectively a doomsday for the end of their civilization and culture. And so it became known as the Doomsday Book rather than as it was in the Latin, the Domestay Book.
2: Yeah, well, Uh, a lot of things change. It's like uh, Jesus, the name Jesus is really the translation of Josiah.
1: Yeah, it's also the name of my son. Yeah, that's nice,
2: but the the uh, the the English—it's really an English transition. That—that's the problem. Is a lot of you know things happen because of transition. You know, lost in transition—that—that that occurs. It really does, and and it makes it even more difficult for those who love to predict doomsdays. In that, uh, you know, it does get lost in transition because. Uh, you know, it does allow thinking.
1: them to claim some some tremendous stuff. I mean, I remember talking to uh, he was a sh- Chicago based psychic, and he claimed to have been the only psychic ever to have predicted 9/11. And I was sure. on a ra- I was on a radio show with him uh, around about eight or nine years ago, and he'd made the predictions. I think he was in the Chicago Daily, what the uh, Chicago main newspaper in Chicago, said so be the Tribune or something I Yeah, I probably Tribune. Yeah. Um, and he'd made it on um, December twenty eighth, twenty ninth of that of the of two thousand uh, of night uh, of two thousand, so a few mo- about seven or eight months before nine uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we w- before we went on air, uh, obviously aware of the show was about this this claim he'd made. One of the you know one of the talk topics. Um, mm-hmm. The internet allowed us. Thank God for the internet. Allowed us to pull up that exact edition of the newspaper and the the, the section. And we, you know, we, we put it to him. Uh, in fact, I asked him uh, on air, "Where is where is actually um, your prophecy?" Because all I can see here is. Fire from the sky, uh, large mountains will fall. Oh, it's the Notre Dame stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was one of these Notre Dame type things. Uh, the end of an empire. Blah blah blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, just it was bullshit. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll be more polite. Peridola sounds better. <laughs> but he, he, he then uh, eventually he then got angry and hung up. Yeah, happens. Because, because um, there was no prophecy there. It was a willful interpretation of, um, you know, a, a very general wishy-washy. I mean, had there been an asteroid fall, had a volcano erupted, all could have fitted just as easily into that prophecy, mm-hmm. as exactly. it was. It was 9/11. Uh, in the chat room, just seen Ed Stevenson. He, can you explain to Americans what Boxing Day is? Um, I can tell you what it's become. Uh, Boxing Day was a was a, rigid, a day. And yeah, Boxing Day is, is always is, is the day immediately after Christmas Day. It's the twenty sixth of December, and was a. Um, I actually know this. Well, I'll tell you what it's become. You can tell them what it is. Um, <laughs> what it's become is America uh, for for America. Think of Black Friday, because uh, in Britain, in the last four or five years, we now have the traditional Boxing Day sales. Which is the price-cutting version of Black Friday in America, yep. uh, where everybody who's been cooped up with the relatives for 24 hours and is at the point of killing them uh, gets an opportunity to go out and spend their Christmas uh, gift money vouchers and anything left on the credit cards on stuff that's actually weirdly more expensive than it was a few weeks earlier in the Black Friday sale. But you tell you tell the you tell Ed. Uh, in the no, chat I, I,
2: the in all fairness, story. you should tell.
1: I don't want to screw it up because you No, are, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I need to. In I, your I, country, I, I really no, don't no. want to. I, I need to. I need to. you got two minutes. I need to take a slurp of gin. You do. No, it. Actually,
2: you know, what I my understanding of the course, is that that is the uh, day where the uh, boxes, the poor boxes in the churches, uh, the the money was given and distributed to the, the poor, uh, the day after Christmas, and also um, it's, it's the mo- the uh, nobility as well. Uh, what oh what's the, oh god what's
1: what do they call that Steve? Hmm. When they not not arms but arms yeah um, they gave arms but, um, yeah you're absolutely right it was it it was a day when. Um, arms were distributed to the poor um the poor boxes in the churches were opened and the different funds were distributed Uh, because it was at the point of midwinter and of course the point when anything they had in their larder or their um their animals you know had gone you know they, they needed to survive to the spring in order for them to plow the lord's land to grow some more
2: yeah, so, you know, you did have to take care of
1: your... your. Uh, yeah, it's like Obamacare. It's
2: like you had to take care of your minions <laughs> a little bit. You know, they're no good if they're... If they're weak.
1: dead. Yeah, or, or too dead. weak to, to yeah. push
2: a plow or beat the... Yeah. Now, there's another day, and I, and I forget which one this is. I mean, we only got 30 seconds before the break. Is there one where they used to go with, with uh, balls of uh, holly and go around and beat the... the uh, Presence. Women? What's that
1: called? <laughs> I've no idea. There is Beating the Bounds, which is a, 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 might be what you refer. to. That's what it. I'm probably t- referring to. Yeah, I don't recall Holly in that, but we'll come back to that after the break. Okay,
2: yeah, actually coming up the break, so anyways. Uh, and when we come back, to, we'll also have uh, The Teller of the Curious Tales, Ooh. episode four, which is getting to have... A, its own little following uh so uh i'm really excited about that beats started so i gotta go you listen to ghost chronicles international with steve pass and ron kolak right here on togynet pararex planet paranormal uh i don't know where the hell out hey, ghost uh, box uh, ghost box uh and my heart i don't know in unit space maybe you're bouncing off the moon
0: who knows we'll be right back welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge
2: Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world.
0: The Creepy and the Kooky Mysterious and Spooky They all talk oddly kooky The Ferex Family the shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax Family.
1: They're strange, deranged,
0: unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the ex Family.
1: And we're back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. You sure? I am really certain sure? you're listening to The Gold Standard and The Krampus.
2: That would be one and the same, if you ask me. No.
1: Don't let the listeners think it listener. My
2: Christmas tree is still up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, Just you saying. Snow, and you have snow on the ground.
2: We have a, Yeah, we actually have a night. Hey, better get...
1: Yeah, but a bit of Ghostbuster. Well, we, we've got some colder weather um, from the 1st of January. But in a bit of Ghostbuster years, because uh, we're going to have a bit of topical stuff for the show tonight, oh, everybody... Well, we started with Lego earlier, and I mentioned briefly, of course, everybody knows about the, the famous Lego firehouse and the ecto-ghost car, mm-hmm. but Playmobil, the German toy maker, have also announced that in early 2017, they will be re- l- releasing their own Ghostbuster firehouse set. I have Playmobil with, it. with a car and with the characters, and it's supposed to be about Fifty percent larger than the already very large and very playable Lego set. There
2: you so,
1: go. Yeah, so I'm. And you don't have to build it, which is even better. And you don't have to build it. Um, my youngest, Ozzy, got the Playmobil airport and the Playmobil Noah's Ark for Christmas, and they are incredibly good fun to play with. Yeah, I couple boxes um, up in box the attic from Brian when he was a kid. Yeah, and if, if if Oscar's ever allowed to play with the airport set. Um, <laughs>
2: Uh, It's amazing. Uh, I I have to say I found uh, I was doing a little bit of cleaning and I found a catalog from 1995 legal catalog with all the latest legal stuff in it, which was kind of cool. It was. It was. They used to send out these catalogs if you became a club member, and they would have the little things in and everything. So it was pretty cool. And I found it from '95, so it's kind of nostalgic. And I found an old Sears wish book too. Sears used to, at Christmas time, always come up with the wish book, in it. and you would go in it, and of course you could circle your stuff that you wanted Santa mm-hmm. Claus to get you. So it was pretty cool.
1: I. I think. Yeah. I think. Um, I mean, Lego is one of those eternal to- uh, toys. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember in my childhood, that's uh, forty-something years ago, uh, when I had Lego sets. I think, in some ways, it. What it's, you, mean you still have Lego sets? I still have Lego sets, um, <laughs> it, but in some ways, do you know. Whilst I appreciate, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the Lego fire station. Uh, whilst I appreciate the thing, I mean, it is, it truly is a an absolute work of. Of uh, genius and and so much fun to build, but it does take a, a lot away from the imagination in the in the building because they you know these things they have specially constructed brick parts that only go one way and you can only build one item, whereas you, you remember the brick sets of yeah, forty fifty years ago yeah. it was just a set of bricks, and you know what you built may not have resembled the Saturn V, but close. to your imagination. It was a Saturn V, yeah. um, you know. The wings, you know, were at crazy angles on your, your Lego airplane, and so I think it, it's it's kind of spoilt the 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 taking some of the imagination uh, out of the toy.
2: I'll, I'll tell you one thing though, that it is it's really but, but replacing me happy about it is is that uh, my son is actually now into the Star Wars uh, Lego, and and they're very intricate and they're working and everything else they do thing, but they brought back. Pots that shoot and of course yeah. that was a big thing that they had to get rid of all that stuff because somebody was freaking sue happy and you know you could swallow this or whatever or poke your eye out or whatever so he told me now that they knew do, do things shoot actually which is pretty amazing and and i'm glad yeah. to see it
1: you know those boys have both good, got nexo yep. night sets and they um they they have that it's it's actually what they shoot is actually the smallest lego brick the single circular brick that mm. little tiny pill shaped thing that yeah 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 but apparently the um lego have said and they've they've product they've they've, they've They've got a USDA and a British equivalent test for this thing. You can, I'm holding one in my hand now. Um, You can actually swallow this and it will pass harmlessly through the digestive tract. Oh,
2: that's so
1: special. It has been designed so that it. Uh, even a small child can swallow this component with no ill effects, apart from it obviously needing a good wash afterwards if you're really going to reuse it.
2: Um, so actually, you can use these for constipation as well. Good, yeah, that's
1: good. But the Lego heads on the minifigures do have a, a, you know, they're they're like like the top of a ballpoint pen. They they have a hole through them so that they because they are wider and would restrict the airway. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah,
2: very so, good. So, anyways, yeah. uh, back to the ghosts. I, you know, uh, well, new it was. Year... It
1: was Star. Wars. It was Ghostbusters. It was ghosts. Yeah, I know.
2: So, anyways, uh, got a new year coming up, and uh, I, I think this is going to be my farewell tour for uh, doing paranormal investigating and uh, events. Uh, Maybe I'm, I'm seriously thinking about it. I want, I want to go into some serious research. I've been watching. And reading all about this Ryan Institute and some of the stuff that they've been working on, and I think, I'd like to do that. I think I'd like to do that. Right
1: now. Well, that's interesting because, as, as you as you're aware, the um, the Ryan Institute, uh, when they were founded by Joseph Banks Ryan way back in the nineteen thirties uh, down at uh, Duke University, in North Carolina. Uh, Ryan himself was vociferously notoriously anti ghost hunting mm-hmm. um, he thought that no good uh, would ever come of it was a complete utter waste of time trying to study the phenomena in the
2: um, in what what year did this than- happened.
1: This is in the 30s when, oh, okay. uh, yeah. when Ryan, who was a bi- himself, he was a biologist, and he'd right. been inspired by the work. Uh, he'd gone along and had seen several talks given by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle during oh, one right. of his American tours. And this had inspired Banks, uh, along with his wife Louise Banks, Louisa, um, to, to get interested in the subject, which led directly to the formation of the Institute for Human. Uh, Anyway, it became the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It became um, always known as the Rhine Rhine Institute, but now it's reverted. uh, But it's still at Duke University uh, down in North Carolina. But Banks himself was completely against any form of -of out-of-lab, spontaneous investigation. The real... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the real... um, hero from my perspective of course was louisa his wife she catalogued collected and collated thousands and thousands of spontaneous ghost, you know, cases ghost accounts and things like that which which joseph uh jb ryan really had no time for he couldn't he couldn't uh he, he actually said you know that nothing would ever come of research that was conducted out of laboratory and so he went on to develop these these famous experiments uh, which, were, which you, you, fans of Ghostbusters will remember the opening sequence with the Zenner cards mm-hmm. um, they were a development uh, by another psychologist, uh, Carl Zenner who was working for uh, the Ryan Institute mm-hmm. um, actually the first <laughs> the first set that were designed and were printed by the bicycle card company I think of Ohio um, came out and were sent over to Harry Price bought a set here in the UK and discovered the damn things were see-through. Yeah, yeah, I time, um, yeah. and so he went and thought, oh, well, we'll redesign these, and he got Waddington's Cards and Game Company to make a set called the telepathic Cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, back in the 1890s, there was a Major Thompson who was a British psychical researcher who had come up with a set of uh, Psychic guessing cards, which used five mm-hmm. cards, each of five designs, which were geometric. There was the diamond, a circle. Anyway, uh, Zenner, just all, all Zenner did in, in effect was pinch Thompson's design and tinker with it a little bit, right. um, make it but, more geometric uh, for ease of printing.
2: But I found out that the, the psychologists connected to the Ryan Institute were, did do fieldwork. And, oh,
1: yes, they did. They did.
2: And uh, I know this, you know, I, I was especially reading about this case in Upstate New York in the 50s where this family was uh, tormented by something that would knock bottles off shelves and open bottles. And uh, it, it was witnessed by uh, the police as well as other people. And, of course, there was a young child in here, so they, they thought it might have been. Holt the guy's activity, so they sent, uh, I forget his name, a para, uh, psych, not a parapsychologist, a psychologist from uh, the Rhine, there to investigate it. and he thought, of course, it was all fake until, uh, he witnessed it himself, and then he thought maybe the young boy was the cause of it, so he took a, ca- a set of uh, cards and tested his ability using the Zeno cards and found out that it was nothing, uh, uh abnormal about it and so he concluded that he couldn't explain what was really going on in there so uh that, that's the first time i i heard the xenocards used in an investigation
1: um I, I it's certainly not something you would you encounter commonly i don't think i've ever encountered a pack of cards used except for the symbology of the cards mm-hmm. um, and their association with the paranormal mm-hmm. um Certainly not in an investigation sense. I've not seen the Xenocards cards being used. There I'll see if are.
2: I can find out more information about mm,
1: that uh, case. I mean, there are there are some uh, some famous examples in British psychical research. Doctor Soul S O A L did some card guessing with uh, packs similar to Xenocards. cards, um, and of course, you know every every parapsychological. Uh, university departments has used either Zena or Gansfeld type experiments um, mm-hmm. but but these don't translate well into the field now there are absolutely some parapsychologists uh, Dr Simon Sherwood here in the UK, Lloyd Howe back in America of course uh, and others, William Roll uh, the, the, you know, there is a small but significant list of parapsychologists uh, who have Taken a keen interest in spontaneous cases, but I wonder whether um, this this desire to move away from the investigation, the field investigation, the ghost hunting, is and it does. I mean, it does happen. You you see, you know, investigators sort of move away from active investigation Mm -hmm. as they as they get older. I mean, partly because I, I guess
2: they don't want to stay up that late. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, I, you know, uh, old bones. Um, <laughs> I, I, it is. It is probably a younger man's pursuit. Um, you know, I was thinking of Tony Cornell, uh, Alan Gould. Um, you know, even Harry Price in his later days. You know, he hired people in, and when he went to, well, exactly. when, you know, he hired Borley and he hired a team, and then he visited periodically, because it is hard work. I mean, we make fun of these people uh or, or the pursuits sometimes but it is it is very demanding it is incredibly Especially demanding if particularly if it's done properly uh you know night workers th- those in the emergency services or in factories those uh, outside in, in in production those uh who have to work nights know how incredibly difficult it is to um to remain um productive and alert and during the small hours yeah. and focus and one of the...
2: we're running out of time here you so i know we have a question in the chat room plus i want to play the teller of curious okay tales, and i want to make sure i get those in first so what would, would you like to do answer the question or yeah or let's do the, the chat talk.
1: room and, and then let's get back to the teller of curious tales all so, right thank you I, i'm is sorry that john no no it's yeah, fine yeah i've got a question for steve please don't get mad i would never get mad but what is your opinion if a ghost is real,
2: is a ghost real? I
1: guess. Is a ghost real? Well, I can only refer uh, listeners to Ghostology, The Art of the Ghost Hunter, the book I wrote. And the actual opening introduction says that ghosts exist. There is absolutely no question that ghosts exist. Um, there are so many well documented, uh, unquestionable accounts of people in, uh, having experiences. The question really is, and the question I can't answer, is we what is a ghost? But there is question, no question that they do exist as a human experience. So
2: that's why I would refer you to a uh, good friend yes, Felix, they are Felix, who wrote the book, uh, What is a Ghost? And therefore yeah. you can find out what it is. So just go get that book yeah. and you can, uh, he, he if, knows if it's still available. Anybody,
1: he knows more than anybody. <laughs> I would never presume to tell people what a ghost is. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: So he's, uh, yep. I actually saw a video from him, uh, just the other day, a Christmas video t- talking about what he's going to be doing next year. So, uh, he's, he was on, uh, Toast Book it. 5, so that, that's amazing for him, because you know how illiterate he is at the... Uh, you don't think, yeah,
1: yeah, you don't think I had anything to do with that, apart from standing in front of the camera.
2: <laughs> he does <laughs> that well. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we do want to get our uh, Teller of the Curious Tales in, yep. so if, if we can have episode 4, Eric, can we play that now, please?
0: Tonight, I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the Teller of Curious Tales. About all the evidence that we have that there was ever a lost continent of Atlantis are a few lines in one of Plato's books. And on this meagre evidence, millions of dollars have been spent trying to find the location of this continent before the ocean swallowed it. In Homer's Iliad, there is a description of a battle between pygmies and cranes. These pygmies were supposed to be 14 inches tall and they existed in a dozen different places. As crazy as this may sound, there is more evidence that these people once existed than there is that Atlantis was once a continent with a highly developed civilization. In England, India, France and South Africa, archaeologists have found tiny arrowheads and spears, called by them pygmy flints. Some of them are only a quarter of an inch long, and the only explanation scientists have ever given for the existence of these tiny weapons is that they were toys for children. Somehow, this explanation isn't quite logical, because where pygmy flints are found, normal flint tools and weapons are never in evidence. Here's another argument against the explanation that these tiny weapons are toys, and I quote from an article by R. A. Galti in Science Gossip. He says, "So fine is the chipping that to see the workmanship, a magnifying glass is necessary, since it isn't reasonable to believe that prehistoric man had magnifying glasses with which to make them." and only one other explanation is reasonable that they were made by people so small that to them these flints were of normal size In July 1836 some boys were searching for rabbit burrows on a hill near Edinburgh, Scotland In the side of a small cliff the boys came upon several thin sheets of slate which they pulled out They discovered a tiny cave, and in this cave, 17 tiny coffins. Antiquarians say that from the condition of these tiny coffins, they were deposited singly at intervals of many years. They can offer no explanation, except that they are very, very old. There you have the story of the pygmy. Every civilised country has legends regarding tiny people. India, China, Egypt, Europe. Perhaps even now, in some unknown rubble heap, there are tiny skulls waiting the excavator's shovels. Waiting to bring immortal fame to some archaeologist. The God. Strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, Curious Tales, Strange Beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories.
1: It's good, isn't it? I've seen those coffins.
0: I
2: actually have. I have. Uh, I know a story behind those too, where they where they really came from and everything. Uh, so I have Steve uh, Stephen Scott for a Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, going and doing a piece for us. Uh, you know, I sent them out there to do it. Ooh. So I will have yeah, an update. They're,
1: they're, in, they're, they're in the Edinburgh Museum. Edinburgh Museum, yes. Yep. Uh, they're there. And it was what some there is an interesting uh, theory linked to them, because uh, in, in terms of number, I think one or two of them have gone missing. But in terms of the total number, actually, somebody, one researcher pointed out that, uh, inter- uh, that there is the same number as the number of bodies that were taken by the the famous Edinburgh body snatchers Burke and Hare and that the dating of them may actually relate to that 19th century period of time and may be a a symbolic reburial of the snatched bodies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
2: uh, so anyways Mm -hmm. we're going to have that whole story on Uh, we'll actually be uh, uh, interviewing people from Edinburgh University as well as uh, as people at the uh, museum, as well, so and and some other specialists as well. So it's going to be. It, you look for that on Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation. Anyway, uh that's another another episode. Another good job.
1: It's it's a good series. What yeah. a find! That was found in a small cave on the side of a hillside in West Wales. I don't doubt it. <laughs> found on eBay, but there you go. Close enough.
2: Yeah. You could have been in there on your phone while you were doing it, so it would have been the truth.
1: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway another year draws to an end, isn't this? The Last Ghost Chronicles International of, of, of 2016.
2: Yeah, whatever. So, anyways, I do want to mention something. Uh, you know, as we, we have a uh, start in the new year, of course, is, is another of the red light seances. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the last uh, red light seance, we had an interesting uh, result. And that we uh, contacted a spirit of a man, Elvis. who was pretty close, who uh, actually had a message for me, which was, was interesting. And the message was that I was a condescending sack of sheet. Okay. So it isn't every day that we get messages from beyond on such a profound level
1: <laughs> <laughs> well at least you weren't called elitist <laughs> <laughs> well, have, you ever,
2: have you ever heard of that before <laughs> uh, i
1: I've, I've i i have been insulted via the other side yes that's um, true
2: the raspberry even the ghost box i remember that no no well
1: another no, time I was, I, i was thinking actually via via me, um via the medium of the spirit board and uh and all the ghost box um mm-hmm. or well, you've heard the ghost box one you were there but the, the mediums channeling have have told me uh you know i've been insulted by the other side i've been threatened uh and cursed by the other side as well uh, but yeah I think you have to take it with the pictures on. I mean, it's one of the archetypal stories of the Ouija board. Uh, you know, everybody exactly. knows somebody who was doing the Ouija board. Their death was foretold, and that you know they went mad. It was always a group of teenagers, and one. I always you
2: know, tell the story of when we were investigating Goat Island, and the, and the spirit actually told us there was a Ouija board there, and we found it in the closet, and we did it, and they kept on getting me on the Ouija board, and and it it was spelled out that I was going to. Died tonight,
1: and you didn't. Stopped. I didn't, unfortunately, for the well, Hang on, the Ouija board told you there was a Ouija board in the cupboard. No, actually, we were glass swirling, and the glass swirling oh, told us the glass.
2: swirling. Soul- ah, right. So you gotta, you gotta, yeah, uh, you Sorry, know, we, I, we yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'd zone. Various,
1: various methods of uh, science. No, I'd zone out. It, I'd zoned out. You know, you were talking, I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so I missed the salient point about the glass swirling because yeah, glass. Cool. I, I'd gla- probably
2: said Ouija boy, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah, glass glass swirling is something I've never really understood. Um,
2: I it, think it's it, fun. I don't care what.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, might, it might be fun, but it goes along with these other weird and wacky ideas like, you know, ashtray divination and yeah, uh, yeah pretty much human true. pendulum. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I've I've experienced, you know, I've been a witness to the human pendulum and. Mm-hmm. To, to, to make any claim at all of paranormality is simply bizarre. It's like the maglite. Um, you know, it relies upon a... For those that don't know, the human it's pendulum. Like, I, I, I was practised I I by our good friend Richard Felix as part of a Psychic and Science stage show. I, um, I think he invented it, like <laughs> it. He didn't. But nonetheless... Um, Basically involves a group of people, one of whom is selected by spirit by lots of different mechanisms, and they become the pendulum, and they go to the center of the circle, and the whole thing becomes like a giant game of uh, hokey-cokey. And they sway to and fro in answer to the questions being put to spirit, and this person in the middle of this darkened room in a circle of people... um, does in fact sway to and fro, left and right, uh, forwards and backwards, um, and those movements are interpreted as yes, no, don't know, and ouch. And so they, 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 the spirit of course is inhabiting the body of the human pendulum. My first. My my first encounter uh, with this with the human pendulum, you know. Somebody said, oh, we're going to do the human pendulum later. Now, of mm-hmm. course, I had visions of you know. You, you get hold of the medium, you put a rope around the neck, and you hang them from the rafters. Ah, and no such luck. No, no luck. They Hang uh, from the feet, by the way, not their neck, because they no, don't. Uh... Yeah, well, I, yeah. quickest way to channel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> send up the other side, see what the see see the yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: But, yeah, well, no, then you got to no, go into I, ne- necromancy, and then that's a little yeah, more
1: difficult. But no, it was called By the Necromancy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's the last bad joke of 2016. I doubt it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, So, cool. anyways, yep, yep, human pendulum, all, all cool. I mean, and, of course, you can always go back to – all the way back to, uh, you know, my childhood when we had uh, – uh, stiff as a board, light as a feather, and uh, yeah, you
1: could yeah, raise one. people by just the fingertips. I didn't know they had that back in the twelfth century. Yes, yeah. Oh, I sweet. only remember yeah. it from the sixties. Yeah, I believe uh, Richard invented that too. Is probably? I'm not probably. Yeah. We'll okay. flip through his book later and see where he claims that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still always thank him for his invention of most haunted.
2: Actually, I love Richard, and we. we
1: we he is. The, he, I, I think Richard Richard is... He's really a the, good blog. Well, Richard is. And I, I've said it to his face, I'll say it on air, I'll say it publicly to anybody. He is the greatest teller of Curious Tales. Oh, he is. I yeah. mean, there is a man who can tell it. Tell no offence. No offence to our... No offence, Richard. Doesn't matter whether it's rich, uh, true or false, Richard will tell you a good story. Yeah, but no
2: offence <sighs> to our teller of Curious
1: Tales. Oh, no, 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 no. Our secret. No, we've given his identity. He's like the Stig. The paranormal version of the stick.
2: Ten seconds! Oh, my gosh. What can we do? So,
1: we'll see you in 2017. So, so should we go out and sing if old still with us? Huh? No. still No. We, yeah. Let's just hope it's that beautiful. most of our oh, listeners are still...
2: Wait, dance, be... While oh, Krampus God.
1: sings that, I'll just wish everybody a Happy New Year and hope that most and of you are still here in 2017. To... No.
2: Yeah, I'd need to. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I... <laughs> Well, there you go. Another, another show down the tubes. And, uh, <laughs> and another to thank, year
1: down the tubes.
2: <laughs> yeah, we want to thank all our two listeners for listening. And tune in next week when something will happen. We have no clue, but I'm sure. Something. <laughs>
1: happy New Year, everybody.
2: Yeah, Happy New Year. Good night. God bless.
1: Good night. God bless.